Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. The Bible doesn't say anything about Paul being sent to Moldova, but God is working there. I want to thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about the work in Moldova tonight and also for the privilege and the honor for being part of this wonderfully historic convention. So let me just share a few things here. This is us. My name is Mark McCormick, and that lovely lady to my right is my wife, Mary, and that's Rachel and Abigail, our two daughters. If you look at the map of Europe there, you see a blackened country, <laughs> and that's the Republic of Moldova. It's landlocked, it's on the eastern border of Romania and landlocked uh, between Romania and the Ukraine. And when I was looking at it this morning, I thought to myself, Do you know, we in the Republic of Moldova are closer to the promised land than you are. Think about that. This is where we are in the south of Moldova. It's, uh, we're based in a village called Gotesht. This is the inside of the church. I want to share a few things about what we're doing. We'll be able to obviously share a lot of the work, but I want to look at two aspects. And one is the church that we're working with in Gotesh at the minute. But let me share a little bit about Moldova first to give you a bit of an idea of what's involved there. Uh, it's a former Soviet republic. In fact, until about four or five years ago, it was still a communist government. Now we have a democratic coalition that's very vulnerable, but is non-communist. There are four million people in Moldova. It's about the size of Wales, a little bit bigger than Wales. And of that four million people, one million of them are out of the country working in different places like Spain, Italy, France, uh, Moscow. The reason why it doesn't show up in Laura's figures is because most of them are there illegally. But you can imagine the devastation that that's done to the country. It makes, it's because of and it makes Moldova Europe's poorest country. And that has all sorts of effects. Just, a, just a few, to mention a few here is there's a major problem with alcoholism. People have no purpose in their life and they have no work. They turn to alcohol, they brew their own wine. There's a lot of alcoholic problems, alcoholism problems. It's also, um, uh, can't read my own writing from this distance. It's, um, there's corruption everywhere, but also, let me just say, unemployment, yes, of course. Yeah, in our village, for instance, there's at least 80 or 90% unemployment amongst the men in our village, even though the official figures are probably about 30%. There's at least 80 or 90% unemployment. So you can imagine the, the condition of the country. There are 98% of Moldovans are Christians. That, of course, is Russian Orthodox Christians. Of that figure, less than 1% are evangelicals. And this is the statistic that was most of interest to us. There are 900 towns or villages in Moldova that have no evangelical church of any kind. So our call is to try and plant as many of those as possible. We've been there 19 years now, and uh, this, is, this is what's happened. We've planted two. <laughs> Not very impressive, but those are the two villages, one in Gotesht, one in Kirkan. We're part of the Baptist Union of Moldova, the official Baptist Union. I'm an ordained pastor, the only foreign missionary that's an ordained pastor as part of the Baptist Union. And both the churches we've planted are both registered with the Baptist Union. Just a little brief flick through Gotesh. That's our church building. Uh, we built that in 1999 with the help of funds from the West and our own brothers uh, built the church. A church building is a very significant thing in the culture. Um, really, until you have a church building, you are a satanic cult, really. Once you have a church building, you're kind of an official cult. 
It makes a big difference to the culture. So if you're ever approached in Eastern Europe and, you know, you're asked to help for a church building, you think, well, we don't put money into our own church buildings. You've got to understand it's a different cultural thing in Eastern Europe. Uh, this is the inside of our church building. That's a, a meeting, a, Baptist meet, a baptism meeting that we had. Those two young men that you see towards the forefront are now part of our leadership team. So that baptism meeting was probably about four or five years ago. We have about 100 youth in our two churches in different groups. Uh, we have a physically disabled ministry. In Moldova, because it's the poorest country in Europe, they really can't afford to do anything for, for the physically disabled. We run that ministry really fairly badly, and yet it still bears fruit because nothing else is being done for them at all. There are lots of other things, can't really spend too much time, and this would be a very typical example of the state of the poverty that we have. This lady, her name was Ileana. She lived in what, that one room. That, uh, what, what you see in front of is, is a clay stove. That's where she would cook her food on. That's also what would provide the heat for her. She was 62 years of age, and about five years ago, she died during the winter. She had a few ailments, but nothing that she would have died from in the UK. Just the conditions in the winter finished her off. So that's one of the mission, that's one of the, uh, things that we do in our mission, we look to look after the poor and physically disabled and uh, medical needs and so forth. There are a lot of things I could talk about that it would shock you really the state that the country's in. There are quite a few other things that we do. I'll just run very quickly through them because I haven't got time. We, we have an in-house Bible school where we train our own young people, but also other pastors that are in the south who have had no Bible training. Uh, Kirkham, that's our other church plant. This is the building that we're, uh, is part of the vision we have to have a church community center. Perhaps another time I'll share about that. That's my wife. She also has a, a ministry to, to women. In fact, she has a national ministry, perhaps another time. Mike, maybe you'd like to talk to her afterwards about that. I wanted to share about this other thing because time is short, and this is where you could be involved too. About four or five years ago, the Baptist Union asked me to get involved in a new ministry. Actually, it was for our county, which was Cantermere, but it has spread to the south now. And the ministry basically was to form, well, they were given, we've given three objectives, and here they are. The first was to help establish the existing churches. There are about 40 churches in the south. The large majority of them are 15 or less members. So the only thing they have really is a pastoral couple, almost, almost entirely untrained, and they haven't got any other ministries. So it was to help with that. Then it was to develop a unity amongst the pastors, and then together to try and plant the remaining unplanted uh, villages in the south. Um, let me take it back there. Um, what we've been trying to do uh, with our own resources, that is to say our own church and our own giftings, is to try and help these pastors as best we can. Um, we have, uh, we're presently mentoring about four of the pastors in the south by their choice, which means I'm very involved in their ministry, helping them develop a vision, helping them with pastoral problems, evangelism, and so forth. And in the rest of the churches, we've done various other things. Again, as best we can, we've tried to do some training courses. We run the Bible school. Uh, we've done some teaching on tithing, for instance, and that sort of thing. We've run an alpha course, a Baptist alpha course. <laughs> uh, but it's been very fruitful and a real joy to be part of. Um, we had about six or seven of our churches close by to us bring people every uh, week to the alpha course. About 70 to 100 would come of non-Christians. And over the last three years, we've seen quite a lot of fruit. We've seen each year 30 people respond, and at least 20 go on to baptism. So that's quite, uh, that's not, that's of course a mix of all the churches, not just our own church. So that's been a real blessing, a real, uh, you know, 
where we've been able to be a help and a blessing to the other churches in our area. But perhaps the most important thing that we've been doing is fostering partnerships. Now, a partnership uh, basically that we're doing is something like this. We have a, a, a church here in the UK or perhaps a group of people or even individuals in some cases, and they partner with the church in Moldova. And what that partnership means is that they will try to support the pastoral couple. And that means primarily financially. Um, all those pastoral couples of all the churches in the south, not one of them is supported by their own church fully, enough to be able to live on. And they are, uh, you know, for most, most times they have to go away and work for six months or nine months in a year. And it devastates the church, as you can imagine. So when the partner here in the UK takes on a partnership in Moldova, they seek to support the pastoral couple. And uh, it costs £300 a month. And for £300 a month, that pastoral couple can live there. They don't get a holiday out of that. They don't have a car. They, they don't have money for serious medical needs. But they don't get into debt. They can live on that. And it means they can remain and look after the church. And it's made an amazing difference to the growth in these churches. The partnership church here can get involved in all sorts of different ministries that, that's mutually agreeable between the UK and the Moldovan church. Just there, we have 15 partnerships at the minute. That's just a photograph at a recent conference that we did together. I just want to look at one, if I may, very quickly, poor and best, just to show you the, the success of this, really. That's uh, 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 Stefan and Veta Hangano, and their village is poor and best, and it has 1,700 uh, uh, people in the village. This is where they were meeting before they got a partnership. It was in the front room of the house of one of the believers in uh, Porambesh. There were six members then. Stefan and Vetter were getting there once a week. They were having to support themselves by selling cheese or being a watchman and so forth. So they got there only on Sundays. We found a church in Bristol that partnered with them, and they've been partnering with them for four years now. Immediately they began to support Stefan and Vetter. They were able to come to the church more regularly and able to evangelize the village. And this is what's happened after. The church has gone from six to 53 members in four years. The church in Bristol helped them build the church building. The building's actually finished, just the downstairs where the children's work is, that the rooms aren't finished. It's actually finished, that's an old picture. But it's a beacon church. So the people in that village come there, but people from other villages come too. And he's planted two other churches in other villages. So this is the result and the fruit. Now that's God's work, obviously. But because of partnerships from here, it's released a God-given, spirit-filled man to be able to do the ministry and produce the fruit. Um, I'm always told off that I never share how we can help. So here, very quickly, four ways that you can help. You could, if you wish, support us, my wife and my, myself, uh, financially. We're part of a mission in England, but from the start, we've always agreed that we would raise our own personal support. So any money comes to the mission goes directly into the work. You could become a partner, either as a church, you could become a partner with the church in Moldova or as individuals. We have a couple here in Bangor that support one pastoral family and one church there for themselves. You could give a lump sum into the mission for a lot of those needs, many of which I haven't mentioned. And you could come and speak with us afterwards and we'd gladly put you on our mailing list for prayer. Thanks very much for listening. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.